seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you've left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard. Welcome to This Podcast is a Ritual, where we explore the mystical and the magical. And today we're diving headfirst into the world of, wait for it, AI-generated content. I know, I know, it's been done before. But hey, we're nothing if not on trend here at This Podcast is a Ritual. To be fair, it is pretty impressive what computers can do these days. I mean, who would have thought we'd be getting stories and art generated entirely by machines? It's like we're living in a sci-fi movie or something. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves. As wizards, we know that wizardry will always be the human-centric philosophy that protects humanity from the AI dystopia that so many are fearing. At least, that's what I keep telling myself as I nervously watch my computer churn out this intro. Speaking of which, full disclosure, I only asked ChatGPT to do this because I procrastinated all week and ran out of time to write an intro on my own. And, just between you and me, this is actually the third draft I've had ChatGPT do. You'd think an AI language model would be better at writing intros by now, but hey, I guess that's the beauty of the human touch. In any case, let's give ChatGPT's intro a spin, shall we? Welcome to This Podcast is a Ritual, where we explore the mystical and the magical. And today's episode is going to be extra special because we're bringing in a little bit of AI magic. Hmm, not bad, not bad. I mean, it's a bit cliche, but I suppose that's par for the course when it comes to AI-generated content. So, without further ado, let's dive into the world of machines that make art and stories with our guest, Philip Klein, the editor-in-chief of Infinite Odyssey, a science fiction magazine that features stories written by AI with illustrations created by AI. Who knows? Maybe we'll be surprised by what we find. This is This Podcast is a Ritual, and I'm your ever so slightly skeptical host, Devin Person. Let's get started before the robots take over. And that's the intro that ChatGPT wrote. Uh, I did ask it to do multiple drafts because I did get busy with other stuff this week, and I wanted to see what it could do. In the words of ChatGPT, not bad. Not bad. So, without further ado, let's learn how to work with AI. Well, hello, Philippe. Hi, Devin. Welcome to Ritual Space. Thank you for having me. What's our magic word going to be? Reality. Reality. All right. One, two, three. Reality. Reality. There we go. Now, why reality? Because what is reality today? That's a very good <laughs> question, and one that we ask on this podcast all the time. Um, I think we're at a very interesting point in time where things are changing rapidly. And it, in the last year, 
you know, AI has gone from something that was kind of more behind the scenes in the tech world that you were hearing about, you know, here and there, machine learning, to something where these are tools that are coming out that we're all playing with and figuring out. And I really like that you have jumped in with both feet to uh, start playing around and having, I think, a lot of fun uh, with this new creative portal. So tell us a little bit about um, how this magazine came about and uh, what what its mission is, what's driving it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, last year, I've been uh, heavily uh, influenced by the whole AI movement. So what's really interesting, and we really didn't expect doing it because um, we started like m- nine months ago, a couple of friends and um, yeah, team members uh, right now uh, jumping uh, on this whole AI wagon. And there was um, basically no access to the tools we have now um, nine months later. We were on so many waiting lists like mm-hmm. Midjourney, Dolly, and uh, GPT and everything. And we were like, okay, this that looks so huge to us and nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Only like the tech gurus, only like the, I would call ourselves nerds a little bit as well. (laughs) So, um, and once uh, we got the access and we started and we were like, you know what, why not make a project that's something we've always dreamt about as children, you know, like uh, making um, our dreams uh, a reality. Mm -hmm. And that was finally, uh, yeah, doable. We were finally able to put everything we had in the back of our head through Midjourney or Dolly or ChatGPT to uh, like help us to bring these uh, worlds inside of our heads to life. This is how it all started, basically. That's um, uh, an interesting way of describing it. And um, a guest that I just had on the episode before this, uh, the ungoogleable Michelangelo, who's a artist in a variety of uh, dimensions, um, wrote an essay about AI technology and art. And him being an artist himself, he was talking about having learned to translate the images he sees in his head into the canvas, into ink, paint, whatever medium he's using. And you know, trying to figure out how good is the AI at doing that currently? Like, is it translating the image you have or is it giving you something else? And um, I think that's one of the interesting, fascinating questions now that we're using language prompts, we're using words to make images. So how does your team go about um, creating this magazine with uh, AI being the primary collaborator? Well, at first we have to say that it was more like playing Russian roulette, you know, <laughs> you, you, t- you typed something in and you were like, is it going to show me what I hope it will? Or is it going to show me something completely different? And that was mm-hmm. like this, that's still part of the bigger image of the bigger deal where you're like, that's not exactly what I assumed it could be, but like, I'm going to take this. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> go with it. I'm just going to go with the flow because um, now it's getting more educated uh, week by week, actually. Mm -hmm. So um, we're happier and happier with the output that is being produced. But at the very beginning, and this is just like six months ago, we were like, okay, yeah, no, we can't publish that. This is this. Nobody's going to be interested in seeing that, even though it's kind of groundbreaking, but it wasn't like living up to our standards, what we were hoping for. Yeah. So what was what is it that you're hoping for? What is the standard that you have set? 
to be honest, as we uh, developed uh, with the magazine now, um, at first we were like, yeah, we're going to recreate human, uh, human brains, human uh, thoughts with machines. But getting into this whole machine um, machinery with machine learning, using the AI, we were more like, okay, let's uh, step down a notch. And like, why do we have to be like humans? Why do we have to imitate something that we are very far from now and mm -hmm. what we don't really want to do in the end? Because we're trying to do this as a performance right now, which is actually really funny because we're not trying to imitate any humans. We're trying to do a performance by using AI. So yeah. the whole magazine is basically us restricting ourselves to 99% AI use uh, to do the magazine. So even if there would be ways in implementing like human, uh, you know, like human interaction with it, mm -hmm. we still wouldn't do it because we want the AI to work for us. And it's yeah. just like a whole experience. Yeah, because I think that's one of the things that I've seen, um, you know, some of the like New York Times opinion columnists where they'll come out and they'll be like, chat GTP is amazing, except I asked it this question and it got it wrong. And it's like, I remember when Shazam came out and it was so mind blowing and I was at a party and some like nerdy pretentious guy was like, I know hardcore bands that won't be on that. I was like, of course there's music that's not on it. Like, no shit. <laughs> like, the amazing thing is that I can play a song and it can figure it out. Of course there's more obscure stuff. Of course you can confuse the chat bot and get it to give you bad information or have it draw something wrong. But I think what's so interesting is that what you're doing is not just trying to use the tool to then make a magazine yourself, you're trying to use the tool to explore what would the AI generate as a magazine. So how do how do you get the AI? Does it come up with the the story ideas? Like what is your process of um, consulting the Oracle? It's funny that you use the word Oracle because this is how we call it a couple of months ago. Let's <laughs> just ask let's just ask uh, GPT. Um, so basically in our team meetings, uh, this is exactly how it works, um, at least how it worked for the first issue. Because um, we were asking, okay, what are the themes we can uh, write about? Uh, what are the stories going to be? And then uh, from this point, we were um, creating the stories um, uh, with our own um, AI software. It was basically us asking the machine what the machine would write. Okay. Simple as, simple as that, yeah. So then the machine gives you some ideas and then you take that as a prompt and feed it back in and then get it to write a story. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes you would have like, okay, I'm missing a twist here uh, or I'm missing maybe a character or mm -hmm. to be honest, in the end, it's something we want to create something that we would like to read also. So the machine is coming up with basically 99% of the idea itself, but mm -hmm. there will still be like that one last percent of uh, humanity or human brain, you know, mm -hmm. that's going to be inside of it because let's face it at the core of AI, there will always be humanity mm -hmm. because we are the heart that keeps it, uh, keeps it going. Well, and it's, it's made out of our cultural ephemera. Like for a while now we've had, um, 
externalized sure. human consciousness in the form of culture. And in the last hundred plus years, we've been able to turn that externalized human culture into digital information. And now we have a thing that can scrape that digital information and start regurgitating it in new combinations. So we can kind of uh, see what's what's been growing underneath <laughs> the rock. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, AI is basically not recreating something new. AI is... Uh like any other artist um, has to has to gather information to gather everything that's around it and based on this there's going to be an output mm -hmm. now like, what are your thoughts because i know that um the ai art tools have been very controversial with artists um understandably i think artists feel a little existentially threatened by it and there's issues about ownership and copyright um with the the source libraries um what are, what are your thoughts on the uh, it's perfect that you mention um, both uh, themes apart from each other because I think uh, we think as a team um, that um, it's really crucial to see these things apart. There's on one side there's the AI tool, mm -hmm. and on the other side there's the whole copyright issue. Mm -hmm. Well, people saying AI art is not real art for me comes out of a gatekeeping uh, way. It's something like, oh yeah, it's new, like. Mm -hmm. Once they were starting to make photographies 200 years ago, like everybody was like, what the hell is this devil machine? Like we are all going to be, um, uh, yeah, we're all going to be um, <laughs> outsold by this, uh, by this new technology. But then yeah. uh, artists found a way to be even more creative, uh, to um, make more surrealistic art and stuff that uh, photographs just couldn't uh, do at the right. time. Then on the other hand, um, there is this uh, whole movement where there are like lawsuits getting now mm -hmm. against copyright, and we believe that this is super important, and we are happy. We are absolutely happy that this is happening at such an early move uh, moment in the mm -hmm. whole movement, um, because we need those restrictions. We need um, uh, we need to know where AI, um, AI and copyright is standing. Yeah. Nothing is worse than uh, putting your work out there as an artist. And because putting your work, I, work out there is the final form of art. You're just putting it out there and someone scraps it or someone doesn't pay mm -hmm. for it for its use. That makes um, uh, people may feel miserable, of course. So we hope that after these uh, lawsuits, and I don't think it's going to be over it just a couple of months it's gonna it's going to be an ongoing process and it's very important that we ask these questions be highly critical uh, regarding that to see where all this is going and i yeah. believe that in the end we're going to have all a fantastic output so that all these things can coexist and nobody gets crap for this yeah yeah, because I think there's a couple of directions. And right now we're in the novelty phase where we have AI as genie. Like you say your wish out loud and it gives you a paragraph or it gives you a picture. But I think the next wave is going to come pretty fast of AI as tools, where if you're a digital animator, instead of spending hours and hours getting that perfect, you kind of sketch it out and then the AI fills it in and saves you a lot of time, which will then... Um, free individual creators to do much more than they could do um, on their own. And so exactly, yeah. I'm curious um, how, like, you know, you've worked in journalism and done other uh, mm -hmm. projects. So how does the flow of uh, romancing the AI feel different than more traditional editorial mediums and content generation? Let's say at this point, it's still very machine-like. There's a 
there's a lack of romance if we don't, expl- <laughs> if we don't explicitly uh, ask for it if we don't explicitly like go into detail there's no romance at all and it's very like straightforward straight to the point mm-hmm. where the human brain uh, still is taking like 20,000 turns you know yeah. the AI is, is a bit more straightforward and feels like something of five grader would write probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of the things that I noticed in the magazine was some of the stories. I was like, okay, this is a story, but it reminds me a little bit like like times that I've hung out with friends and someone's like, okay, I'm going to like make up a story on the spot. And it's harder than you think to like just come up with a fairy tale on the fly. And so because you don't have things planned out and you're kind of winging it, you end up with a kind of generic meandering fairy tale that you're like, okay, like that's sort of a story, but it's not iconic. It's like, right now. It's like you're sitting on the fireplace and you're trying to entertain everyone and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I've got this cool idea, but on the way you feel like, oh, I'm losing touch <laughs> yeah. with the whole story. So of course, this is one of our main uh, concerns as well uh, while we are creating the stories, but we have to get the machine some credit uh, at this uh, at this point where we are right now, because we uh, remember still where we were nine months ago, right. even six months ago, and where we are right now. And it's on one side is mesmerizing, on the other side is really terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> the, the improvement that has been uh, happening within well, this. Uh, tell us more about that. What are the big improvements that you've seen just in this short span of time? I think the creative approach and a variety of options it gives you at some point you give you have like we obviously came up with the magazine's name through ai as well mm-hmm. but at first it was like really like generic i was like all these things seems like they exist already but uh, i guess now if we asked for a magazine name now it would get even more possibilities yeah. and even more interesting like uh, surrealistic things the, mm-hmm. where the AI um, was a couple of months just giving you straightforward answers to questions you were asking. Right now, it gives you really creative uh, ways of responding. Oh, how you could respond this, but you could also say this. Like it's not just one way or two ways, like it gives you 10 ways. If okay. you need 10 twists for stories, it will give you 10 twists. Not each of one is equally good, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, you can exactly. have it give you a story and then you can say, wait, we want a twist ending and then it will give you alternate endings for that story, remembering what it what the story was and what it's already told you. True, exactly. Exactly. Now, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so what... Um, what we actually did, like, we're not act- uh, we're not asking ChatGPT to write us stories. Like, that would be kind of offensive to the whole project as well. But what we did is, uh, based on this, um, taking our um, open a- taking the OpenAI software, which we fine tuned mm-hmm. and uh, made um, different artistic uh, fine tuned with uh, different um, yeah stories, like mm-hmm. resumes of stories, yeah. to have like um, to have like a source, a fundament. I'm not saying that we took uh, original artist, original author's work mm-hmm. and fed it to our AI. I know we just took resumes of like famous um, artists, okay, uh, authors, uh, just to have like a base on an understanding, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's just how we fine tuned it. So the model knows, okay, I can write about spaceships, I can write about uh, different planets, stuff like right. that. 
So you kind of fed it in some of the uh, inspiration, the source material that you wanted to draw from. So it's conversant in that. Exactly. Without copying a specific style or specific elements from the author, because, yeah, we just roughly used uh, one page resumes of uh, books that are 600 pages long. Right. So just giving it that little bit of a summary. Now, exactly. Yeah. With you said you're not just asking the AI to write stories, but at some point you're getting the story prompts and then you're feeding it back in, or is there some other process there? So there is. Um, if you saw the magazine, there was mm-hmm. uh, there are different uh, stories written by different uh, authors. There's one that's called Martin Alpha, and mm-hmm. another one is called Hades. Uh, where we figured that it would be easier to also have like a signature style in our stories if we had some kind of an author called Martin Alpha, um, mm-hmm. which was writing the sci-fi stuff. And Hades yeah. is more like for the fantasy and more like the horror stuff, which yeah. is also like my personal background. So most likely uh, the prompts and the ideas um, from Hades are getting processed by me as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, we start with a story and it's not like at this point, it gives you a story with um, 500 or 1,000 words because the story would really lack of innovation at this point. I mm-hmm. think AI is not there at this, it's not really there. So what we would do is uh, we get um, into different chapters and we ask them, you ask our AI to write us a chapter. And based on this chapter, we refeed the AI with the chapter it has written to Con, uh, to continue with the next chapter. And sometimes we would have to rerun it like a couple of times. It's not like you re- yeah. you run it once and uh, you have a full chapter. No, sometimes it takes, uh, yeah, 10, um, 10 restarts. And you also have always something to change, like put the twist maybe more at the end, put the twist uh, more at the beginning, implement that character, implement a dialogue. Um, Like it sounds easy when you read about it, but while doing it, like there are hours of work that actually go into this, even if it, if it doesn't look at, look uh, like this at this point. (laughs) Well, it's sort of the same, you know, it's editorial, it's like editorial, it's feedback. It's, you know, if you were having a magazine in the 1940s and people were writing things and you said, ah, there's too much sex in this. You got to rewrite it without that. You know, like that was how we got a lot of the science fiction was people having that back and forth with the um, magazine editor who was the gatekeeper of this is what kind of stories we want to tell. And this is what we're going to pay for those stories. So writers write more stories and then we end up with a bunch of, you know, space scout adventures. Isn't it crazy how it evolved? Like when you have in the 40s, someone someone like restricting your work, restricting your art. And right now we are at this point now, now we want to push it. We want to open it more, be even more diverse, be even more crazy. Where are the aliens with tentacles and uh, crazy sex stories? I mean, we're not that far right now because... Well, one of the things that I'm curious about, and I've, I've um, you know, I'm, I'm a hypnotist as well as a wizard, and I've started to see this term hypnotizing come up in relation to the sort of hacks and tricks that people are using to get ChatGPT to do things it wouldn't normally do. So if you ask it to give you advice on a mental health issue, it will defer and say that it won't do that. But if you say, write me a story about... <laughs> 
someone, mm-hmm. a therapist giving advice on this, it will. And so I'm curious if your team has started to find the little tricks that you can use to, to get it to, um, I don't know, be a better author than it would on its own. It's an interesting question, yeah, because every AI, AI has a certain momentum where it just stops giving you what you want. And sometimes we'd even have the AI responding us, okay, we can't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, there we have some ways on how to bend the AIs to our will. I would say it's more in the picture creating software okay. than it is in the word creating at this so point. Let's, so let's talk about the picture creating. Uh, walk us through the process that you're using to generate uh, the images for these. Uh, always depending on the story. So the story uh, starts first and then we um, yeah, come up with the mood, the vibe. Um, how is the story going to be pictured? We usually take a couple of uh, sentences from the story and um, give them directly to uh, mostly mid-journey to test out the, um, the mood. And then it will come up with its own style to the story. Um but what we, what we do then is because, okay, after six months of working with Midjourney and Stable Diffusion, our styles get a bit more sophisticated towards the whole AI. So, okay, we implement uh, different things with, okay, use, use uh, VFX Lightning, uh, uh, mix it up with some National Geographic style. Mm. Um, when it comes to the parts where we have those uh, creators in the magazine, you know, the dangerous encounters with uh, creatures that doesn't really exist. Yeah, but we yeah. tried to make it look like they actually existed. So by implementing different visual styles of, yeah, create sunlight in the background, uh, perfect um, studio lightning. This is what actually makes the prompt better in the end if you add all those little details, because everybody can, most people, and that's actually crazy, most people when they start working with an AI tool, they're going to be like, draw me a pink dog. Right. <laughs> and it's like, okay, okay, that's, that's interesting. But this is where most people leave mm-hmm. the whole process. And this is where it just starts. In our, and this is where you start implementing everything that goes through your mind, like literally. Well, I think that's what we all saw as the first wave of Dolly came out and there was basically memes where the prompt was the joke like the idea was funny and then you would see the grid of the you know kind of poorly executed version of it compared to what it's doing now that had the blurry faces and it didn't look great but it was the uh demigorgon from stranger things playing basketball and you asked it for that and you got that and so that was pretty funny and entertaining but now I, I've been on some of the the mid journey discords, and you're right that it's like it's like SEO keywords. It's like this whole brick of text of give me a dog, this breed, this kind of lighting, this style, 4K, and like people have found a lot of the uh, the magic recipes that get them the the styles that they want. Yes, and it's still changing. That's we have some um, if you um, we have some approaches if you go to our Instagram where right now we remix a lot of like known movies like Star Wars or Matrix. Yeah. And this is actually something that gave us a great exposure in the past, uh, in the past weeks um, because people find great comfort in something they know, which is being mm-hmm. remixed with something they maybe don't know, but they are curious to find out how would it look like. Yeah. And this is where actually 
the whole fun gets to it because then you are then you're ready to mix it up with yeah different costumes like if you're big into fashion you're mm-hmm. like okay i'm gonna put this designer as well and i want to look those costumes either be like very like fetish latex without mm-hmm. using the word fetish of course because yeah. it's banned <laughs> but you you want more oh marie antoinette uh, 18th century and uh, you find a designer who uh, implements that in his fashion to make the fashion more voluminous more opulent and it's uh, i've come i'm coming back to the uh, word i use um words i use a uh, R- russian roulette yeah the whole is just about trial and error and sometimes mm-hmm. you just uh yeah sometimes it's just it just shoots the right yeah. answer but never at first try like i i think uh at first try nothing good came out <laughs> well, I I think these movie ones are really funny, and I love how Alejandro Jodorowsky has become a recurring one. And you've done like Jodorowsky's Tron or Jodorowsky's Star Wars, and I'm I, I'm amazed that we get these really exciting, visually interesting costumes and things. I've spent a lot of time talking to costume designers and trying to say, okay, I want wizard robes that look iconically like a wizard but I don't want to look like I'm going LARPing with some some dorks in the woods and I'm wearing a, a bag that doesn't fit. And there's a lot of illustrations of wizard robes that look great as an illustration, but if in reality, it would, it would look horrible. And so finding that balance and that human inventiveness, and then I've been amazed a few little experiments I've done, and it's like coming up with wizard fashion. And I'm like, hey, yeah, all right. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. That's cool. It's just something different to see mm-hmm. how your ideas come to life. I mean, when, when did you have the idea to become a wizard? How many years ago was that? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Now, imagine the possibilities you would like have today and uh, the, the work, all the work you had to put into uh, eight years ago, the uncertainty, is it going to be as good as I wished it would, uh, as I wish it will be? Um, and now you have uh, just all these uh, very cool visualization tools that help you to get even closer to a vision that you have in your head. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I, w- I want to come <laughs> back to that in a moment, but first I want to yes. ask you: um, Where have you? Has your team been surprised or caught off guard by anything? Has there been output that the AI give you that you're like, "Whoa, where did this come from?" or something that was kind of shocking or unsettling or strange i think the biggest not outrage but the biggest surprise happened in the transition from november to december uh, in the past year when all of a sudden the journey put out version four and it looked like straight out of a video game with the wow. best un- unreal engine and mm-hmm. we were like what the f- literally <laughs> what the heck is happening yeah where we thought we would get close, like we were already having the finished stories, the finished artwork for the magazine. And we were like, we can't publish artwork that's been uh, running on a software f- uh, from four months ago. We have to redo the whole artwork in this new software now. Yeah. Like, I think that was the biggest, uh, we, uh, yeah, what the fuck moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, so I, I, that's amazing. And again, I think it's incredible how um, steep the curve of progress has gotten where four months is what would have been a decade of development before that. But I'm asking, 
when you're playing around with the AI and trying to get it to write stories, has there been anything in the content or images where you guys are like, that is a really weird story that it just came up or you're just sort of surprised by its um, creativity or uh, nuances in some way? It usually happens when the prompt is not very accurate. Mm. When you just prompt something like the end of the world yeah, and that's it. And we're like, oh, sometimes it's very darkish, but sometimes it's very beautiful. And I love how the AI jumps between those things. It's because the end of the world doesn't necessarily look ugly yeah. in, the, in the eyes of an AI. And it looks can still look like kind fancy um, with and friendly with rainbows. And um, it's when you give, it's weird to say it, but if you give the AI enough room to breathe by itself, uh, it's actually quite fascinating uh, what it comes up with. Yeah. Because most people see it as some kind of uh, threat or destruct, uh, very destructive. Not most people, but you know, like the whole backlash story, fear, of course. Yeah. There's a fear and it's totally understandable, but uh, the AI itself um, has, has a way of um, getting things more on the light side. With, mm. This was something that surprised us because, of course, we were biased as well. I yeah. can't really give you a moment where I was like, oh, yeah, I wanted a taco, but it gave me some kind of cyberspace taco. <laughs> uh, with, with with worms into it uh i might have probably like a hundred examples but no there's nothing coming up to my mind right now well i think that that you, you just touched on that idea of perspective you know you you ask different people the end of the world and people are going to write horror stories about dystopia or some beauty about the rapture or you know whatever else and to think about um how does the ai have different moods and perspective and what is that as a reflection of human creativity? And where is that the creator is saying, oh, don't don't use this for horny sex stuff or don't let it be abused in these ways? Um, yeah. No, AI right now, sorry, AI right now can be really abused for horny sex stuff, even if people are trying really hard to do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just not there yet. Yeah, I um I followed a Discord community for I forget the name of it, but like um they're the like not safe for work stable diffusion community. And I I just it's grotesque. Like it's very <laughs> yeah. it's very weird and very um not sexy in my opinion. Uh it's no, like, it's far from <laughs> being sexy, it's it's just weird. Yeah, if you think if you think AI is not doing a good job of drawing hands, uh, you should see it try and draw human genitals. Because woof, it's that's to, that's to be, <laughs> to be honest. At this point, at uh, this point, with the not be able to draw hands, it's for us. It's just a running gag with the AI. Like yeah. we love it. We implement yeah. it as a feature. We're like we're not even mad. Yeah, because like being somehow involved, artist like as a human artist myself too, like. Drawing hands was the most horrible process. It's hard. Shit, tried yeah. drawing, it's hard. It's drawing so hands hard. and drawing bicycles. I feel like you're like, I know what like, that looks like. And then you start and you're like, oh, dear God. <laughs> right. So, okay. You can complain to the AI if you want to, but we just look at it as a joke right now because yeah. it's funny. It's really funny. So what do you see? Um, Cause again, everything's changing so quickly, but um what are you excited about and what do you see exploring next with the magazine? We're hoping um, that 
the um, creativity uh, all over the um, the story writing, the, the whole story writing process will get easier and more uh, creative, a bit more diverse. We wish for where the heart is lacking right now, we wish for it to be a little bit more on the human side. It will get there, of course, because the amount of data that is being uh, acquired right now, uh, I think I can't even say the, the correct numbers, I think, at this point. It's just a stupid amount of uh, data that is being acquired uh, right now. But what's actually going to be really interesting when, when you are able to do 3D models just mm. with um, mid-journey prompts or stable diffusion, when you will be able to do moving uh, sequences. Yeah. And even more people are going to fear for their jobs. But uh, I don't believe that they, are, that they have to fear about their jobs at this point. Yeah. Well, I think... Uh... That ties into my next question of where do you, what do you think is going to be the next wave? Like in the last year, we've already seen people being amazed by chat GTP and, um, and mid journey and all of these things coming out. What do you see that's going to be kind of the paradigm shifting stuff in the immediate future? And where, where is this taking us? Where do you think we're going to be, uh, I don't know, a decade from now with all of this stuff? What, what's the world going to look oh, like? Five to 10 years now. Like seeing what happens in six months, uh, what will happen in the next six months? This will already be groundbreaking. Everything we do now is going to look like, yeah, fifth grader did in six months. So, um, yeah, definitely there's going to be all these little technologies like AI voice, AI movements, AI text generator, image generator, all this. I think we are looking forward that all these um, things are going to be uh, put together in one system and you will um, somehow be able to interact in one application or one software has it all basically. Interesting. This is something that's going to happen at some point, I guess, just like, maybe not on a high, high professional level, but so everybody can use the AI, you know? Yeah. So I think AI is going to be even more for the masses, uh, accessible for masses. And it has to be easy because, uh, Let's face it, no one has time to, uh, adult, not everyone has that much uh, amount of passion or time to put into AI. Uh, yet what's really interesting job-wise, and I think that people who are fearing for their jobs, especially artists right now, uh, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, I, 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 um, I have a thought about this which I would love to share because Please. 80 years, 100 years ago, when they, did the mu when they did the movie sets, those gigantic movie sets, Cleopatra, mm -hmm. uh, King Kong, mm -hmm. all these people involved in practical effects, there was nothing with 3D at the time. Yeah. There was still a stupid amount of people working on that movie, but no comparison to what an Avengers yeah. or the, the next Marvel movie looked like. like it's incredible the amount of workforce and people you need now. So technology doesn't mean that a job uh, where you need a 10 people will require just one. No, it will require a hundred of people. Yeah. There's going to be someone who is animating the hands or just doing the AI for the hands, for the for the. There's someone movement. who's just making all the hands look like regular human hands. They just have to go exactly. in and make sure they all look Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Like it's the amount of uh, people 
that are needed to do this and like to know how to operate these things. Yeah. Like it's going to be a huge request. Yeah. So instead of neglecting what's happening right now, just say, okay, I'm going with the flow and I'm trying to do the best because I mean, this is how this project started in the first place. We were enthusiasts, we were passionate and we wanted to see what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's a great point. And I think movies are such a good example, or at least a good topic to kind of discuss this, because on the one hand, I think it's a matter of time before we get to where you can feed it in Joe Dorowski's Tron and then have a movie that you can watch. Um, I don't think that's going to be soon. I think there's a lot of complexity there, but I think that's an eventuality. But in the meantime, I think about something like the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie, where they released the trailer and everyone was like, oh my God, it has human teeth. It's horrifying. And a bunch of human animators had to go back and correct that. But now we're not that far away from a tool where you can say, hey, AI, swap the teeth out. And I wonder if we're going to get to a thing where there's not a single version of a show or a movie, but there's all of these customizations where you can say, oh, I want it to be more like this or more like that or add this character back in and it's easier for the ai to kind of customize things and absolutely yeah just imagine like the uh, freaking henry cavill's mustache for the yeah. justice league i think had to be removed frame by frame yeah who the, who the fuck wants to get even paid for that it's just an annoying job in every aspect no, i'm kidding obviously but imagine having an ai uh, replacing it frame by frame by itself, mm -hmm. that that would be amazing. So the yeah. so the intern doesn't have to do it anymore, or uh, I don't know. It's yeah, <laughs> or like I mean, like you think of a video game, right? Where you select your character, you design your character in the little weird character maker, and then you get to watch all of the cutscenes with your ridiculous, stupid character that you've designed. And if you're like, oh, great, it's a kids show. Which character does your kid want to pick? And then the show is going to have that character in it. And everything else is, you know, the same. But swap out the main character or give everyone bunny ears. Absolutely. I mean, it's hilarious. But also, like, all these things that are going to happen, we don't know if, it, if they're going to happen. So we, we just need to give it time. We just yeah. need to give it time. Yeah, because a couple right, months. <laughs> yes, I mean... A couple of months, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. But right now, what's happening right now, I think something like that didn't happen s since Industrial Revolution. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. <laughs> and I think it's... Um, I was exploring virtual reality uh, in New York and going to a lot of like meetups and stuff. And each time I would come, the giant camera to do 360 video had gotten half the size, half the size, half the size. And I was seeing this rapid progression and then I would go visit my family and they'd be like, oh, I haven't even tried VR yet. And I think there's a similar thing where there's been more of it leaking out. But some people are on the front lines experimenting with how do we get chat GTP to do these crazy things. And other people are like, oh, I've heard about it, but I haven't even played around with any of the tools myself yet. So that brings me to uh, the final part of this episode, which is. What is some sort of spell that our listeners can do to engage with this magic that is uh, seeping into our reality quicker and quicker? What is what would you recommend listeners do to engage with this? Just like uh, just let the breakthrough happen. <laughs> don't but don't like what, hold. Don't like hold what would on. You, 
if you had a friend who's like, I haven't done anything with this AI stuff, and you're like, okay, let me give you a fun little homework assignment that you can go log on to any computer and then just go play around with this, what would you suggest somebody go do? Depending on your interest, if you're more into the writing part, um, just let it write uh, your stu a stupid little poem for Valentine's Day. Okay. Or um, if you're more on the artistic part, uh, part um, with pictures, uh, just let it imagine um, your future home. Okay, I like this. So you can go play with these tools. Uh, Chat GTP is pretty much just free to use. You can just pop in pretty much mm -hmm. anywhere. And then um, MidJourney requires like a subscription with credits right now. Is that how that works? Right. I think you get some free credits at the beginning. Yeah. But there's a, I don't know if it's fully subscription model now. You see, we've been using it for so long now, we don't remember. <laughs> do you have but, do you have credits that you're paying for as you as you go with this process? Um, yeah, yeah, we we have a monthly subscription we're paying okay. for for various accounts. But I think like there's just a testing account where you where you're having like 15 free credits or something. Yeah, yeah. So you can design your dream house and a, and a Valentine's card. I remember making my own Valentine's cards when I was a kid, and my mom and I would use yeah. like primitive you know kid picks art tools and try and come up with a pun uh so there we go kids don't have to do that anymore <laughs> yeah or at least like uh if you're like nervous and you forgot about it and you have just one day you know uh one day left and just go ju just go ahead and be smart about it don't tell your mom you don't love her if you can ask chat gpt to do it for you <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of a sad reality no but uh, <laughs> just making a joke yeah absolutely well i think that's going to be the funny thing is when we have uh the ai on both sides of it so we're making ai essays and then the professor is grading them with an ai tool and the human communication is just becoming these little little stumps of keywords absolutely and this is yeah this is something you have to be highly critical about well philippe it's been wonderful chatting with you. I think your project is fascinating and uh, we'll see where this goes in this brave new reality that we're welcoming in very quickly. Devin, thank you for, uh, so much for having me. It was a great pleasure to meet you. And for more of Infinite Odyssey's AI-generated magic, you can go to their website, infiniteodyssey.net, where you can find digital copies of their magazine, which is indeed written and generated by AI with a team of humans working their magic behind the scenes. And for more of the non-AI generated, real wizard produced content that is This Podcast is a Ritual, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash thispodcastisaritual, where you will find me being a human and doing human things like making DJ mixes and sharing bonus episodes and uh, really just trying to make this magical community something real and vibrant and alive so that we can weather the coming storm that is definitely going to be the AI apocalypse, which I will talk about shortly in an episode that will be all of my many and varied thoughts about AI. Not written by ChatGPT, but written by me. So stay tuned for that. Until next time, I believe in you, human or otherwise, your magic is real.